Welcome to A Thriving Catholic Podcast, a show that's dedicated to helping Catholics live the extraordinary and abundant lives we were made for. I'm your host, Jessica Castillo. I'm a Catholic life and health coach, and it's my mission to bring you the best practices of body, mind, and soul each week and help you apply them in your daily life so that you can truly thrive. Hello, and welcome back to A Thriving Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Castillo, and I am joined today by Laura Dominic, who is a wife and mother of seven young adult children. She's recently retired from 25 years of homeschooling her kids, and now she works with overwhelmed moms to break the cycle of depletion and find joy in their everyday life. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, no, I think that this is going to be such a timely and relevant topic because so many people are feeling completely stretched then. And, you know, this is something that you, you kind of refer to as the cycle of depletion. But before we talk all about what the cycle of depletion is, can you please just introduce yourself a little bit more? Tell us more about you and your background. Sure. Um, well, like you said, I just finished up homeschooling seven kids. Um, took us 25 years to do it, but we all made it out alive and <laughs> and they're doing well. And so I am excited to be in this new season of my life, which, you know, can sometimes be overwhelming just to change seasons. So I'm definitely uh, not a stranger to overwhelm um, throughout the years. And that's kind of how I came about all of the stuff that I'm doing now um, was through I, I just wanting to help other women because there was so many things I didn't know or I didn't learn when I had all these little kids that would have made such a big difference in my life, you know? Well, I am, I am so grateful to have this conversation with you today for purely selfish reasons, because <laughs> I have decided this year to go back to homeschooling. We homeschooled kindergarten through second grade for my oldest child. And then we've done literally every other school, like iteration in between, like we've mm -hmm. had public school and private school and a Christian school and a DOD school. And like, we've done a virtual school during COVID. Oh my gosh, we did everything. Wow. And so now I feel like I've seen the fence from every possible angle of the fence. Mm -hmm. And we've decided that we're going back to homeschooling next year. And I'm a little nervous about it. Oh, so. Right. No, it's, it's, again, it's, it's what you make of it. Right. I mean, there's so many things you can do with homeschooling, but um, overwhelm is definitely kind of, kind of part of it. And so just learning how to deal with it and the, the skills that I wish I had had, um, back then would have made and not only just for me, but to be able to teach my kids too. That's, that's part of it is like, why don't people teach young mothers or, or really, and it doesn't matter what age you are. Why don't we learn these things? And then we can pass them on to our kids. Oh so that God. they can, you know, grow good. up with them. Yeah, that's so good. I I feel like as a young, when I was a young mother, I might have honestly been too hard-headed to learn these lessons. <laughs> I wonder if you kind of need to have a little bit of fruit of experience, or maybe that's just my temperament, my personality. I'm a little choleric. Right. 
stubborn. And I, I think that I have the answers to everything and the right way to do everything until I'm completely overwhelmed and humbled and realize I don't know as much as I thought I did. And um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm really interested to talk to you about what this cycle of depletion is and then what these skills were that you learned to help you navigate all of this. And I, I want to be clear too, that like, this is totally not just for homeschooling moms. No, right. Exactly. I, I, selfishly, I'm interested because I'm homeschooling, but this is for anyone. Right. Overwhelm comes in all shapes and sizes. Uh, and, and it's not even about kids all the time. I mean, you can be overwhelmed by your house, by your finances, by your marriage, by your work life. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. But in my particular case, it was the fact that I was home all day long uh, with seven kids and I was responsible for their education as well as all the other things that come along with living life, right? You know, feeding everybody and clothing and appointments and activities and all that stuff. And I found it, and I'll say I went through this probably for like 15 years and it wasn't until maybe two years ago that I even discovered how to, how to solve the problem. So it was just, it's in retrospect that I can look back and say, okay, this is what I termed the cycle of depletion because I went through it multiple times a year for 15 years. And so basically it was, you know, for whatever reason you're going along and your life's probably going along fine at times. And then all of a sudden you start to get overwhelmed, but you don't know how to stop it because it's life. And then you start to, I, I decided the next phase is frustration. So that's when you start looking around and you're like, okay, how come nobody can see what's wrong with me? <laughs> how come nobody can see that I'm completely overwhelmed by whatever it, whatever it is? Why isn't anybody helping me? Why isn't, you know, it's not like you're reaching out to anybody, but you're, you're internalizing all this stuff. Like, why isn't this, why isn't this getting better? And why, why are people not seeing that I need help. And then um, you move into resentment where you're like now looking at other people going, okay, well, okay. So I look at my spouse and say, well, you get to leave the house every day and I'm stuck here <laughs> having to deal. Boy, don't you have the life, you know, or, you know, looking at that woman over there with her family and well, her kids are perfect. And why is her house so beautiful? And why does she seem to look gorgeous every single day? Right. So then you start the comparison which really can can drag you down even further. And then it would move into anger because I'm just so overwhelmed and I've built this up in my head so much at this point that I get angry and I blow up, which would typically happen about twice a year um, on a pretty consistent basis. You know, you, you blow up. Why can't anybody help me? I'm tired of this. And you run out of the house and eventually suck it up come back and say, I'm just going to try harder. <laughs> maybe I'm going to pray harder too, because maybe I just aren't, I'm not praying hard enough and just going to try. But the problem is that I discovered the reason this kept happening was because I didn't change anything. I just said, okay, no, I'm just going to try harder, but I haven't learned anything new. I haven't really changed my level of skill so to speak, in any way, shape, or form. So it, of course, it's going to happen again, you know, and you can go through this cycle quickly. You could go through the whole thing in an hour, depending on the situation, <laughs> or it can be a long-term 
a long-term thing. And I lived it in my own life, but I also see it and have seen it in many, many other women. Yeah. I think that everything you're describing, like everything, I'm just like, yep, I've felt that. I probably (laughs) had that exact thought. Yep. I think, and I think that, like you said, this is so common that, and, and it's a, and it's a recognizable cycle when you know what's happening and you see it. But I think it's so interesting that you, you mentioned it took 15 years before you finally recognized, hmm, this is a cycle (laughs) and this is happening. And what could I do to change it? And so, you know, we talked about like the cycle of depletion. This is, you know, you, you start with overwhelm and then you move into frustration and then it goes into resentment and then anger and usually a big blow up. And then it, you try again and you just keep that on in this cycle. But what does it take? What does it take to break out of this cycle? I think... Um awareness was the first the the you need awareness until you're aware that there's a problem then there isn't a problem right because you're not aware of it so just being able to put words to it uh you know give it language and and be aware that this is happening and so maybe in the beginning cuz you know I went through this part of it pretty fast because I was taking a 6 month course and so it was designed to to help you with this kind of stuff um but if you can become aware that this is happening then you can identify hopefully quickly into the cycle when it's actually happening but maybe in the beginning you won't it's like you're blowing up and you're like ah, now i can see look i you know so maybe the next time you'll be like okay when i start to compare myself to other people maybe then i'll realize oh wait this is happening again Okay, so now you've shortened it a little bit. Um, so the the goal is to become more aware faster so that at whatever point you realize you're heading down this path again, uh, you can figure out how to stop it, really. So I think awareness is the first, the first thing. And then it's just having a toolbox full of skills, like what what is what's triggering me this time you know is it the same thing for me it was and i had no idea that this was a problem until a few years ago is uh, was lack of boundaries and i didn't know what a boundary was i didn't know that i should have them i <laughs> looking back going oh my gosh if i had our lives would have been completely different um especially with kids cuz they knew they could push me i knew they knew they could push me but i didn't know that I had the the ability to stop that. You know what I mean? It, it's a weird thing to say, but my kids would be like, uh, why can't we do this? Why can't we do this? Why can't we do this? And finally I'd be like, fine. <laughs> instead oh, yeah. of just sticking to that, instead yes, of sticking so, to that boundary. That, so that's a great way to think about boundaries because I think sometimes when we think about boundaries, we think about like boundaries with our commitments, you know, like Mm -hmm. if someone asks me to do another volunteer thing, that's my boundary. I'm, I am tapped out. I'm going to say no, but with our kids, like I, it, we, I joke with my husband, my kids are like sharks, you know, they sense blood in the water. If I'm a little bit, if I'm a little bit off my game, if I'm a little tired, you know, that's when the snack right. demands reach epic proportions or <laughs> the more screen time requests, or they just start pushing the boundaries 
Right. That, and they're established boundaries. So how, like, what's an example of how someone can set a healthy boundary and enforce it without moving into a cycle of depletion? Right. Good question. Um, because I never knew how to do that. So um, <laughs> I, I envision because now, like I said, I don't have kids really hounding me. So, but, but you've got, like, I always dreamed this is the way it would look. And and now I can see that that's possible um, is that you establish that. Okay. When mom says no, it means no. And, and that has to do with consistency too, because I could never be consistent in anything when I was raising my kids. And so, you know, it's like sticking to that boundary of no means no. And I'm going to just, you know, walk away. I think the underlying thing was too, I never wanted anybody to be mad at me, which is typical of people who don't have boundaries. That's why they don't have them. Cause they're afraid if I have a boundary, someone's going to not like me. And even with my kids, I was like, oh, they're going to be mad at me. And then I have to deal with them being mad at me. So it's better for me to just give in than it is to have to deal with kids being mad at me, which is, I don't know, maybe very common, but it was frustrating. And that's where it was like, no, if I had just had the, I mean, it kind of even goes back to worth, you know, your self-image, your your self-confidence to say, they'll get over it. You know, so I can draw this boundary and I can say, hey, when I say no, there's a good reason why I'm saying no, accept it. And I can walk away and not worry that you're going to stand there and pitch a fit. And yeah, and you don't have upset. to get emotionally wrapped up in it. Exactly. Right. Hey, you know, I had someone, I, I think I heard a parenting coach one dis- once describe it as like, you know, like if you make a return at Home Depot and you don't have your receipt the the person you know processing the return is just going to be like i'm sorry i can't take this return you don't have a receipt and you might lose your like cool <laughs> you might start screaming you might have a tantrum but they stay cool and calm and collected and they're just like i'm sorry you this is the policy store policy is you have to have right. a receipt so sorry and i loved like the moment I heard that it was like you know like the clouds parted and there was sun and I was like yes this is the answer (laughs) and so I have found just staying super calm and just being like very um clear and and they do they sometimes have tantrums and pitch a fit and uh you know I was just thinking it was really funny right before coming in to do this podcast interview, my five-year-old wanted me to put together a puzzle with her. And I told her, if I have time before my podcast interview, we can put together this puzzle. But if I don't, we're right now, I'm finishing this other task. You have to wait until this task is finished. And then I can have time before the interview. So she immediately starts screaming, you're the worst. I hate you. I just want you to play with me, which is counterintuitive. She hates me. I'm the worst. And she just wants me to play with her. So, I mean, I just found it. It was kind of funny. Like I was chuckling a little bit to myself about just the ridiculousness of five-year-old angst. But I was able to stay calm. I was able to stick to my boundaries, finish the task that I needed to finish, And then I was like, okay, and now I can build a puzzle with you for a few minutes. But when my timer sounds, mommy has an interview. So it's like 
again, she might've rolled around in the floor crying, but she didn't actually, because we had already had this tan, this particular tantrum. So (laughs) it was, um, I think that's so good. That's so, so one valuable skill is boundaries. Oh yes. Right. What are are some other valuable skills that we need to have in our toolkits? Um, definitely I, and I've seen this, especially as my kids have gotten older is, um, communication, just the ability to communicate calmly again, here we go. Calmly. (laughs) Uh, that's like a skill that a lot of people are lacking. You know, just because I say something to you, first of all, I am not attacking you. You don't need to become defensive immediately. We're going to just have a conversation without becoming defensive. And that is, there's just a lot of people who need that skill because when are you ever taught that? Right. I mean, I I, I think maybe some people are just good at it naturally, but it's not like we can go to school and be taught how to really have a conversation without all the inner angst coming through and feeling attacked and the defensiveness. And, and again, that goes back to your worth because worth is another big thing that we that we need to tackle. It's like one of the first things is feeling worthy. So kind of put that in there too. Um, that's usually at the top of that. Uh, when I'm working with, with moms and in the community I have, we're doing, you know, worth is one of the first things we need to learn is I am worthy because I am a child of God and there's nothing else that's going to make me worthy or take away my worth. So worthiness then like things like that, boundaries, communication, mindset, I had a horrible mindset and I think we're wired to be negative. It's, it's a terrible thing, but that's just part of how we used to survive. Right. Is so switching that around, learning how to work with your mindset. And when, again, awareness, when you notice you're going into that negative space, how can I flip it around? Like right now, short-term and long-term. And, and this is so good for for basically anything that you're trying to work on. So yeah. when I work with clients, um, you know, I'm a life and health coach. But when I work with clients on anything, whether it's improving, you know, any aspect of their work-life balance or their physical health, awareness is almost always like that's the first step. That's where it starts. And then, you know, as Catholics, we have this beautiful truth that we can always lean on and turn to, which is that we are beloved children of God and everything is going to be okay. And knowing that like those, you know, those things combined, like an awareness of what's actually happened, plus an awareness of the reality that we are loved, that we are safe, that everything's going to be okay. Like, I feel like that's kind of the starting point for making pretty much any positive change you want to make in your life. Right. Right. And then I used to joke that I was a realist and my husband would be like, no, you're not. You're just a pessimist. And I'm like, no, I am a realist. There is just, and you know what? Realism is just, you're hiding behind your pessimism with a different name. So <laughs> I have come to learn that he was right. Um, very, very pessimistic, but I've 
learned a lot of things to be able to turn that around. And again, that's, that's huge. And I, and again, I, because now I'm aware of that, I see how many people that I encounter are just have that negative outlook. What do you think are some of those mindset shifts that have been the most powerful for you when it comes to turning around this pessimism, breaking out of this cycle of depletion and like really finding joy? Um, A lot of just being able to see, well, gratitude, but even, even more basic than that is abundance that there is so much abundance and I'm not just talking about money. You, if you think of it just as money, then yeah, you're going to be depressed. Right. <laughs> but even if you looked at it from a money standpoint, um, there is so much abundance out there. Um, one of the things that I was involved in that I learned was like, just go down to your kitchen and open your cabinets and chances are there's abundance of plates and cups and spoons. And, and so you just being able to look around wherever you're at, you know, look outside and see an abundance of, depending on where you're at, grass or trees or so having that viewpoint, like when you're, when you tend to think negatively, you see scarcity, but all you have to do is just kind of make that mental shift. And it's amazing how much that helps to think positively. Like, oh my gosh, you're right. I have an abundance of blankets in my house. That's exciting. <laughs> you know, whatever it, whatever it is. So how, so what, what would you say to the mom who's thinking right now, okay, but I don't have an abundance of time. And the only thing I have an abundance of is dirty laundry and dirty dishes in my sink and, you know, mountains of schoolwork assignments that I need to get to with my kids. And, you know, like, because I think that that's when we get really trapped in scarcity thinking, yes. because it's like not enough time, not enough energy, not enough like money sometimes, like not enough anything. Like, what do you say to, to a woman who's thinking that? Um, well, it's, that she's right. Because when you, you know, that old, I always go back to the Henry, I think Henry Ford was attributed of saying, whether you, whether you, what was it? Whether you think you can, or you think or you, you, you're right. right. Yeah, you're right. And so, and, and just in studying that, I mean, the brain is incredibly fascinating. Um, what God has, that what he's built into that already uh, is amazing. And so your reticular activating system is going to show you more of what you're thinking about. So that's the way it's designed. It's a filtering system because you are bombarded with so many things in a day in order to survive, your brain can only handle so much. So your RAS shows you more of what it thinks is important. So if you're saying to yourself, I have, you know, all the negative things, it's going to keep filtering out all the positive stuff. And so you're not going to see it, even though it's there. You're not going to see it because that's the way your brain works. So you're going to tell yourself, I don't have enough time. That's what you're going to, your brain's like, okay, that's important to you. So I'm going to keep showing you how little time you really do have, where if you can shift that even though, yeah, all that stuff is a reality. You're going to have laundry. You're going to, but the more you focus on the fact that it's, you're drowning in it, 
you're not going to see that you really do have the ability and the time um, and the capacity to, to take care of what you need to take care of now. Okay. Granted, maybe there's practical things you need to do to implement, you know, structure, routine, habit, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm not going to say it's all your brain, but. <laughs> no, but I think it's so interesting that the brain is, is the starting point, because I think a lot yeah. of times when women are kind of stuck in this cycle of depletion, and you probably did this yourself for 15 years where you get to the point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. And then you're like, okay, but I'm just going to try harder. I'm just going to develop this system or this, you know, checklist or this, whatever. And this is going to be, this is going to change my life. This is going to make it all easy, but actually, and those, those things aren't bad, like to, to grow in skill as a homemaker or as a home educator or in anything you're doing, like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's skills that you can learn that are going to make it less overwhelming. Yes. Uh, and that can you can learn to make your homemaking system work better for you so that it is a system and it isn't just madness and chaos. But I think it's so interesting that the system is not where you start. Where right. you start is with your mindset and your brain. And that I had, uh, I don't know, probably 12 years ago or so, funny enough, I wrote a book um, a plan for joy to help homeschooling mothers organize their days because I'm like really good at routines and systems and things like that. And I couldn't figure out why it didn't help everybody. I'm like, but it's right there. (laughs) I've laid it all out for you. All you have to do is implement this system, just like you said. And it wasn't right until a couple of years ago that I even realized at that point, like, okay, you need to, if, if you're telling yourself, and I've had so many women say this, well, I can't follow a routine. I can't follow a schedule. I am horrible at systems. Okay, you're right. Then anything I tell you is is not going to work. It's not going to change until you tell yourself, I can. I am a woman who can follow a routine. And you might have to say it 10, 20, 30 times an hour, <laughs> but it's going to rewire your brain while you do that. So your your brain's gonna be like, oh, this is important. She can follow a routine. Let me show her how she can do it. And and you're gonna come up with solutions you never thought of before. You're gonna see pathways and creativity that you never thought you had because now your mind is open. And the more positive you are, the more that stuff comes through. And so, you know, all these years I was like, gosh, why isn't this book helping everybody? And now I know why. Because it really needed to start with that, the mind skill, or you know, of saying, right, I can follow a routine. I can be a woman who creates a schedule. I, you know. And I think it's, you know, it's fascinating to me too, that you wrote this book, you're really good at systems and schedules, and yet you were still feeling <laughs> depleted, right? So right. I think that that's so interesting because so many times we think to ourselves, if I just had the perfect routine or a perfect system, the perfect schedule, which I have been on a quest for my entire adult life. Let me tell you, like (laughs) I am, I love systems thinking. I was a systems engineer minor, um, at, at West point. And for me, I love the idea of systems and 
and trying to make a system work more efficiently. I also love efficiency. I, yes. I don't know. It's, yes. oh, it just makes me feel so excited. I love it. Right. But, but that's not the thing, you know, this quest for the perfect rhythm, the perfect routine, the perfect system, like that's going to actually lead you to depletion faster than anything, because you're perfectly, you're, you're trying to make it so like, this is going to be the solution. Like once I find it, this is going to be it. And this is the solution to all my problems. But if your problem is starting like much deeper in the interior. Yes, exactly. And it's because that's what I, I mean, it was like the discipline of the month club. Oh, let's try this. You know, no, <laughs> it's not going to change because I haven't changed. I haven't learned how to, to believe that I can have that authority with my kids. I mean, that's something that only I can change. You know, no system out there is going to do that for me. But once I believe in myself and in the authority that I have over my children and that, you know, I can deal with people being upset with me. Okay, now I can pick and choose what, you know, what discipline system do I want to implement? Yeah. And, and try them all, try them all. Definitely right. like have some systems, have some routines, like definitely, I would not be the person to discourage anyone no. from developing some discipline no. in their lives. I think discipline is super valuable. And of course it's a virtue, you know, this is yes. the virtue right. of temperance and the virtues of fortitude. And we grow in virtue when we're implementing these things, but yeah, just recognizing that even someone with a perfect system, a perfect schedule, they could still very well be dealing with this cycle of depletion and this overwhelm. And yeah, the way out of it, it's it's almost in some ways, I think, really consoling because you yes. recognize that you have the solution, you know, it's there. Um, and, and I think for some people, it's going to be a little overwhelming to think, oh my gosh, now I have to do all this work on myself when well, I just wanted right. to get the dishes done. And like, <laughs> it's. It, it is. Yeah. I mean, and some people are going to have to dig a lot deeper and it's going to be a lot harder than other people. I, I mean, but working on yourself is going to pay off in spades just because then you can teach your kids from a younger age how to do the same thing and and maybe avoid some of the stuff that you had to go through even you know i'm i obviously what do they call it big t trauma has to be dealt with in you know therapy and all of that we're we're not talking i'm not talking necessarily about that that serious work has to be done um but little t trauma or just you know little things within yourself that can be improved upon. Um, that's important work. And I wish I had known that that's what I had to do, but, you know, a lot sooner. But God gives you a path for a reason. And now I have empathy for other people who are going through it and hopefully can then help help them. Um, I really, I would love to hear about, like, you know, just to have you paint a picture for us of what the point on the path that you're on right now 
looks like. Like, I think we could all relate to where you started. <laughs> like everyone has been there. I think, well, most moms have been there at some point or even anyone who's overwhelmed has been there. But what does it look like now that you've grown in skill, you've done this work on yourself, you're at a new place now. And and what does that look like? Um, I, I, and I've thought a lot about this because this at this point in my life, it's a big shift. I mean, I'm done raising my kids. I've got the whatever, however much time I have ahead of me that I have to do something completely different. And, and that was kind of the impetus for me even starting this journey is because I realized as, as some of my friends who were ahead of me in this journey were get, you know, getting, getting to this point and, and kind of floundering, like, well, I'm not a homeschooling mom anymore. So who am I? And so I was like, okay, I see that and I don't want to do that. So I need to start figuring it out now. Um, and so the old me, the overwhelmed me, whatever, would have just sat here floundering. And and like that's that's where I was. I was watching, you know, home shows all the time, <laughs> not feeling like I'm really accomplishing anything. And I'd get to the end of the day and I'd be like, oh, I can't do this. Um, so, and then my, my sister-in-law died suddenly a couple of years ago. And that really just kind of woke me up like, okay, you know what? We don't have, we, we have no idea how much time we have. And so I can either waste it or I can do something about it. And so um, I took a six, six month coaching program and I learned these skills, but then I dug even deeper into the whole mindset thing. And so now, you know, of course you're still going to run into days, weeks, whatever, where you just kind of tank in the whole mindset area, <laughs> but I, I'm aware. So I know, okay, I'm either going to ride this one out or I'm going to, you know, try to shift it. Um, because, you know, this isn't about ignoring your emotions either. You need to go through them, whatever they are. And while I thought I was going to sail through this transit transition phase, no, it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you have to learn as your kids get older on how those relationships shift. But at least I'm much more aware of when I'm having a problem. You know, and I can say, okay, your mindset stinks right now. Let's try to try to fix that. Or, you know, maybe you need to, I I really just needed to be involved in something and to keep my mind going and active so that I wasn't sitting here thinking about my kids all the time. What's going on? Why are they doing this? Why aren't they doing it? That's not good yeah. for anybody. You know, I, I love <laughs> that you know, your work is a, a plan for joy too. And you talk about moms finding joy. And I really think that that's like, if there was a before and after picture, you know, of what someone's life could look like when they're in the cycle of depletion and completely overwhelmed to then maybe they work with a coach, maybe they do some mindset work and they come to, you know, the, this further point on the path, you know, what's the difference? What does it look like for them? I think the one word answer is joy. It looks like joy yes. because I feel like 
and, and I've experienced this myself too. Um, you know, when I've had significant interior work, or I've done a lot of work on myself before, you know, even before I became a coach and, you know, I would tell people like my friends, you know, they'd be like, what's different, what's different in your life. And I'm like, well, honestly, from the outside looking in, not that much has changed. Like I'm still doing the same day-to-day tasks. Like I'm still caring for my family. I'm still, you know, at that time I was homeschooling then too. And it's like, yeah, my day-to-day is, is much the same, you know, but what's changed is joy. What's changed is, is now it's not only, not only do I not feel overwhelmed or depleted, I also am finding joy in simple things like washing my dishes now can be joyful, right? Folding my laundry now can be joyful. And there's, there are so many ways that a woman or a mom or anyone can can find these pockets of joy, can work on their own mindset without it having to be a huge sweeping change. Um, so yeah, your your whole circumstances don't need to change. In fact, very little from your externals might seem to change. Right. But it will be right. a world of difference. And and because right, you're you're finding that just just seeing the that little pockets of of gratitude or abundance or just find like you said finding the joy being able to find the joy in the s- small things instead of looking for huge things you know all the time okay my life will be so much better if this huge thing happened no exactly yeah like when all my kids are out of the house when Which, my husband yes. picks up his dirty socks when this <laughs> i mean but yeah that's not really the case it's it's on us and so i think for i think for some women they're going to listen to this this episode and they're going to be like oh you know what i can do this i can work on this i can do this like maybe they'll do some research they'll look things up and they'll like start working on their mindset but I think for probably the majority of people, it's extraordinarily helpful to work with somebody when you're doing yes. this kind of work. So yes. like to either to have a coach, to have, you know, some people, you know, can get a lot of help in therapy. Coaching is a little bit different, you know, and I've mm-hmm. talked on the show about that before. It's different aims, different goals. Um but where can people find out more about you and your work and what you're doing to support women in this journey? Yeah, I so after I took the six month coaching program, I was like, okay, I want to do this. So I became a certified coach myself, uh, a wholeness coach. So it's looking at the whole the whole woman's whole life, you know, all the different aspects of it. And to make it more um, attainable, for a lot of women, I started a membership community. It's called Moms Finding Joy Community. And so it's every month we have, you know, it, it's not as time consuming. So you get it in little chunks. You can come into the community any time of the day or night uh, for as long as you have time for. So instead of maybe scrolling through Facebook, you jump into the community. And we have Uh, monthly topics. So this month is mindset. And so it's all about learning about mindset. And as the community grows, 
more and more people can share their experiences and and help each other. And that's where community comes in is that the accountability that's there, like you said, doing it on your own. Some, some women can, can do that because that's just kind of the way they're built, so to speak. But so many other people need community and accountability. And that's, uh, that's why this is a good model of, of doing this because it's, the accountability is built in. So you're checking in with people uh, on a daily basis and you're learning things and you're helping other women. So it's not just me, it's everybody helping, you know, each other. And it's, so it's in the very beginning stages. I'm just getting it off the ground. Um, But I'm really excited about it because there's just so much that we can do in, in this kind of a space. So it's, uh, yeah, momsfindingjoycommunity.com gets you to the page that explains the whole, the whole concept. Yeah. And I will definitely link that in the show notes for this episode too. So anyone who's interested and wants to find out, it sounds like an awesome community, a great opportunity to support each other, to grow in skill and yeah, find more joy. You can, there's joy. There's joy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Laura, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. It's been a great conversation. Well, there you have it, friend. I really hope you enjoyed that interview and were able to get something out of it. I do just want to mention again, because we were talking so much in this interview about building habits and rhythms and routines and systems and schedules and how helpful all of that really is. I just want to mention again where you can get my free habits planner so that you can do all of this for yourself, Uh, figure out your own habits, your own rhythms and routines, your own ideal weekly schedule, and have a place where you can track your monthly habits for 12 months, what you would like to be working on. This is a really excellent resource for building the kinds of habits that are going to help you to have the energy, the vitality, the focus that you need to be able to do your vocation really, really well. So you can get that habits planner for free at a thrivingcatholic.com forward slash planner. I will put the link again in the show notes for this episode. So definitely go get that. It's free. It's what I'm using this year to make sure that I've got all of my habits Uh, aligned and in order and a place on my schedule to actually accomplish and do them all. So if you are motivated by high achievement, if you are motivated by getting a lot of things done in your day and in your week, you're going to want to get this habits planner. It will be really, really helpful. All right, friend, that's all for me this week. I will be back next week with another episode. Bye for now.